we're kicking off a new sermon series called Enemies. Everybody say Enemies. Come on, who in here has got some enemies? Come on, come on, raise your hand. Come on, okay. Some of y'all think of them haters, right? Some enemies, right? I remember growing up, uh, uh, you know, because I was an Alabama fan. Roll Tide. Roll Tide, Roll Tide. You know, uh, growing up as an, Alabama, uh, as an Alabama fan, I hated everything Auburn. I'm telling you this. If I saw you with an Auburn jersey on, I didn't like you. You were my enemy, right? Come on, come on. Okay. You know, for some of you guys, you know what, for, for like NBA, you know, uh, my first basketball team that I loved and I still love today is the Los Angeles Lakers. Come on, who loves the Lakers? Man, if you had a Celtics jersey on, you was my enemy. Everybody say my enemy. My enemy, right? You know what? Even like when I strapped on the, the, the or, and, and put on the Austin High School uniform, when I saw Decatur High School, it was on site. Come on, because Decatur was my enemy. Now, granted, uh, Austin, uh, you know, uh, lost this time, but hey, you know what? The, they're doing okay, right? Uh, but but whenever I saw Decatur, or, or whenever I saw Hartzell, or, 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 or whenever I saw Bob Jones, it was on site. Man, we were enemies, man. And so I think in our walk as Christians, we got some enemies, right? For us as students, you know, for us trying to, you know, see God move in our schools, we got some enemies that we got to deal with. And so today, uh, if you have your notes, uh, I want you to write this down because we're starting week one in enemies is this, is that the first enemy that we're going to talk about is shame. Enemy number one that we're going to be talking about today is shame. Everybody say shame. Everybody say shame. Shame. Man, man I love doing this thing with, 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 you know, with certain people. You know, if they're talking to me, I do this. I go shun, right? And it's like I can't even hear them. Here, home, talk to me, Lily. Shun. And I just walk away. And then, like, whatever she says, I can't hear, right? And Okay, Lily, unshun. Right? Right? But shame, man, it's something that we as students deal with. Who has ever felt shame before? Just slip up your hand. You, you don't have to, okay, like, like, you know what? Shame affects different people, right? Shame can be something that has been, like, you know, something that you were trying to do, and, it, you know, it, it was lame, and people start laughing at you, right? Who has anybody had somebody laugh at you before? Come on, amen, right? All right, <laughs> right? And then shame can also be bad. Like, for example, you did something, and you're ashamed, right? You're scared, right? We see that throughout everything. See, shame is defined as this. A loss of respect or esteem. The definition of shame is this, a loss of respect or esteem, right? It, it, and that word esteem there is like our status, right? And so shame means like I did something, but then people look at me differently, right? You know what, people see that I'm doing something and they look at me differently, you know, shame is something that, that, that you know, as students, we've got to understand is that, is that, it, is that people are always going to be haters. Come on. Hooner's got some haters. Come on. Come on. The, there's always going to be haters. There's always going to be people. There's always going to be enemies that are trying to get, you know, try to go against you. And one of the biggest tactics that the enemy likes to do is to bring shame. Everybody say shame. You know, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to John 3 with me really quick. John 3. John 3, get, you know, get your phone Bibles out because we're fixing to dive into a story. Everybody say a story. We're fixing to dive into a story about somebody who had shame. And you know what? Before we do that, I'm going to pray. So, dearly Father, we thank you, God. And, God, we ask that, God, that you will touch these students, God. God, I pray that, God, that you will move in their lives, Father, God. I, and, God, I pray that you will touch them, God. And, God, I pray, that God, that we will see you do a great thing, Father. In Jesus' name, everybody said. So let me set the scene for you really quick. It was a dark, 
night, right? It was a dark night, and Jesus was sitting there. And we see in John 3, you know what, Gabe, let's set the mood really quick. You know what, let's make it dark in here. See, it was nighttime. Everybody say night, right, right. I like nighttime. Who here loves nighttime, right, you know, because you get to sleep. You know, some of you guys don't sleep. Some of you guys game until about 3 or 4 a.m. and all stuff. The Lord be with you. See, it's nighttime, right? It's dark, right? It's super dark out here. And so this is what Scripture says in John 3. Now, there was a prominent religious leader among the Jews named, what's that guy's name? Everybody say Nicodemus. It's Nicodemus, right? Who was a part of the sect called the Pharisees. Who knows what a Pharisee is, right? The, the Pharisees were the religious leaders during that time. They were ones who held the law. Did you know the cool thing about the Pharisees? Can I tell you guys before, before we dive in? You know, the Pharisees actually knew the Bible. Did you guys know that uh, the Pharisees, by the age of 15, they had to memorize the first five books of the Bible, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They had to memorize it word for word. And so what would happen is on their 15th birthday, they would have to recite the entire, they called it the Torah. Everybody say the Torah. I, I'm actually giving you guys a theology lesson uh, and, and, and actually giving you some terms that, you know what, that, that grown-ups use to describe it. They, they, they had this thing called the Torah. Everybody say the Torah. It, A.K.A. it's also named this. I'm going to give you another name. You're going to look at me where you're like, what the world did you just say? It's called the Pentateuch. Everybody say the Pentateuch. And prayers, the Pentateuch means five, right? Like the Pentagon, right, right. So the Pentateuch was the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, right? And so these Pharisees knew the Bible, but they didn't know their God. I want you to think about that really quick. The, the Pharisees knew the Bible from front to back, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Like they could, Numbers and Deuteronomy, they could quote it word for word, but they didn't know when the Son of God was sitting there right in front of them. I, I want you to think about that. And so Nicodemus, everybody say Nicodemus. Nicodemus is coming out to this. And it says this, one night he discreetly came to Jesus. I sort of look at it like this. It was dark outside. He had a flashlight and he was trying to find Jesus, right? He was trying to look for Jesus. You know, he was trying to look for him because it says this. He discreetly came to Jesus and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. See, in that moment, that word rabbi is like teacher mentor, right? Rabbi is like, like authority teacher mentor. So Nicodemus is submitting, right? It says this, you are a teacher come from God, for no one performs the miracle signs that you do unless God's power is within, within him. Jesus answered, Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can even per perceive God's kingdom, they must first experience a rebirth. What is Jesus talking about here? You can turn the lights back on again. What is Jesus talking about to Nicodemus here? What is Jesus referring to when he talks about this rebirth? What is he talking about? Somebody just shout it out. Salvation. Salvation. Everybody say salvation. Salvation. It's when, it's when we accept Jesus into our lives and we're a new creation. It's it's the stamp that says that you can go to heaven. Which, by the way, if you only follow Jesus to go into heaven, you need to get your priorities straight. Okay? And that's a strong thing. See, but the thing is, is that, is that, is that right here, he's talking about salvation. 
You know, that we're in John 3. What else is a big verse that we quote a lot that, you know, that's in John 3? John 3, 16, right? So did you guys know that Jesus was actually quoting John 3, 16 to Nicodemus? I want you to think about that, right? I want you to think about that. He was quoting that to Nicodemus, right? He was telling them, he was telling them about everything, right? For God so loved the, that he sent his only, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have Like, right. Y'all give yourselves a round of applause. I'm fired up about that. I'm fired up about that. See, Nicodemus comes out in the middle of the night, right? In the middle of the night, right? And he is trying to find Jesus, right? You know, youth, there's one thing that I've learned is this, is 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 that Nicodemus wanted to meet Jesus. But he didn't want to be shamed for it. I want you to think about this. Why would you go out in the middle of the night to talk to Jesus when you could have talked to him during the day? I want you to think about this really quick. Let's, let's put our, our thinking caps on. What does that tell us about Nicodemus? Nicodemus wanted to know more about Jesus, but he didn't want to be shamed by the Pharisees. See, because at that time there was a little feud going on between Jesus and the Pharisees because Jesus was doing things differently. He was saying that he was the son of God. He was saying that, you know what, that, they, that you know what, he was the savior of the world. And you know what, the Pharisees were looking at him like, you are crazy, right? And so they're feuding. And so Nicodemus just wanted to know. You know what, he, he sort of knew. He was putting the pieces together. And he meets him in the middle of the night. He wanted to meet Jesus but he didn't want to be ashamed for it, right? Doesn't that sound familiar to us sometimes? Youth, can I get you guys, I'm going to let you guys know a little secret. In some points in our life, we have to say, I don't care what others will think because my relationship with Jesus is more important than a status. You know what? It's saying this, is saying that, you know what? I love Jesus so much, I'm willing to lose a couple of friends because my eternal life, and you know what? What God has for me is more important than, uh, than, than a comment that's made by the couple by a couple of losers and haters in my life. You know what? And this is what Nicodemus is saying. Y'all, this is one thing I know is shame can come from breaking from trends. Shame comes from when you break away from trends. We are called to be thermostats, not thermometers. Let me explain that one to you. We are called to set the pace. We are called, you know what, to not be affected by those around us. We are called to be leaders. Zachary, you're called to be a leader in your school. You know what, Aaron, you're called to be a leader in your school. You know what, you are called to be leaders in your schools. You're not a, you're, you are not called, Liliana, to do what your friends do. You're called to lead the way in what your friends do, right? You're called to be an example. Here's the thing. We don't conform to what the world says is right. Let me repeat that again. We don't, we don't accept what the world is calling right when we know that our God has laid out for us what we need to be doing. When we have a perfect God, watch this, who has what is best for us, we don't need to accept the social norms. When we have a God that looks after us, that says, you know what, Kale, I have a plan for you. You know, who shines his light on you. Brandon, I mean, he, he, he says, Brandon, you were called to do this. Why would we want to listen to other people because it's not acceptable, right? You know what, shame, watch this, shame is also known for this. Shame is rooted in fear. Shame is rooted in fear. You know what, in this story, we are seeing that Nicodemus is scared of what the Pharisees will do to him. Because he went to go talk to Jesus at what time? At night, right? He went to go talk to him at night. 
He wanted to know about Jesus, but he was ashamed and he was scared of what the Pharisees were going to do. And so Nicodemus is sitting there, right? He's in this point of his life where, like, he, he's trying to get a relationship with God. And you know what, youth, we got to realize is that it's more important. Our relationship with God's more important than some things. You know, what? we got to learn how to prioritize, you know what, what's important in our lives. Your education is important. Your relationship with your parents is important. Your relationship with Jesus is super important. And you know, we got to realize this is that, is that, is that if we want to see change happen, you and anyway, if if we want to live a life, you know what that you know what by the end of the day, Jesus looks at us when we go to heaven and says, "I'm proud of you, my good and faithful servant." We got to realize that we got to break away from some social norms and some social things. Here's the thing, youth. I want you guys to write this down: is that we are called to live unashamed. We are called to live unashamed. Come on, we are called to live to be unashamed, right? We are called to be unashamed of our walk with Christ. You know what? We are called when, when you what people say, hey, you've changed. Why aren't you doing the same things? Why aren't you listening to the same artists? Why aren't you following the same people? We say, I am changed by what God is doing in my life. You know what? When you start to follow Jesus, your, your vocabulary changes, the words that you speak begin to change. Your actions begin to change. Your thought process begins to change. And you know what? We are called to live unashamed. Romans 1.16. I love this verse. This is actually a verse that I love. It says this, for I am not, for I am not, for I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work. It is the power of God at work. Man, youth, we got to learn that we got to be unashamed for Christ. We got to learn that, you know what, whatever we go through, we got to understand that Jesus has the best interest in our heart. But before I dive into what happens next, because we're fixing to flip over to John 19. You know, if you have your Bibles, turn to John 19 really quickly. But before we, uh, but before we dive into that, I want us to highlight something in this story. And... And pretty much, I want us to look at this in John 3. Because when I began reading this, because I've read this passage multiple times. You know, we read it for our devotional this past week. And by the way, students who have been doing the devotional, like Drew, Addie, Ren, also, who have been doing this devotional every single week, it, 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 I'm telling you guys, we're going to start seeing God do some big things. If you want to hop on, you can hop on right now. But there was something that, the, that, that God spoke to me in John 3 when I was rereading again. Because... You know, when Nicodemus came in the middle of the night, he was ashamed to be near Jesus, right? 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 He, he was ashamed. He came at night. But watch this. And this is what the Lord began to tell me, is that Jesus still met with Nicodemus. I want you to think about that. Jesus still met with Nicodemus. Pastor Brock, what are you talking about? Jesus knew the shame that Nicodemus had. Jesus knew how Nicodemus did not want to be seen with him. Jesus knew that Nicodemus was curious about him but didn't want to suffer consequences of being seen with Jesus. Jesus knew that Nicodemus would go back to his leaders and not even mention the name of Jesus. Jesus knew that when Nicodemus went back, he would just act normal, act like just the regular Pharisees, like he never knew him. But Jesus still met with him. I don't think we're getting it this morning. I don't think we're getting it this morning. See, youth, this is one thing that I've learned is that Jesus wants to meet with you even though he knows what you're going to do after may be against him. 
That's a heart check. Jesus wants to meet with you even though he knows what you're going to do after. You know what? It's because he knows this is that if you just get one encounter with him, things are going to change. If, if you have one encounter with Jesus, things are going to begin to change. Sammy, can you come over here and start playing? You know what? When things begin to happen and you begin to call on the name of Jesus, things begin to change. You know, youth, I'm fired up this morning because if we just realize this, if we just realize this is that, is that you know what, change comes when we start to call on the name of Jesus, right? And one encounter with Jesus will change everything. See, see there's one thing that I know is that this is that, is that, is that from that John 3 encounter, you never see Jesus, sorry, you never see Nicodemus' name brought up until John 19, right? You never see his name even be mentioned until, until John 19, Right. You see, you see, like everything goes down. Let me set the scene in John 19 really quickly. You see the scene where where you know what John John is describing how Jesus was crucified, how he was whipped, how he was crucified, how he was dead. And you how how pretty much he went into the grave and three days later he rose up again. You see all this. But there's something that happens in John 19 that I feel like that we need to look at. Because you don't see Nicodemus' name until John 19. And this is what it says in John 19, verses 38 through 40. It says, After this, Joseph from the city of Ramah, who was a secret disciple of Jesus for fear of the Jewish authorities, asked Pilate if he could remove the body of Jesus. Pause right here. So Pilate granted permission to remove the body from the cross. Pause right here. Pause, 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 pause. Pause before we go to verse 39. So what's happening right here? Well, we see that Jesus has been crucified and he's dead. And that this guy named Joseph is getting Jesus off the cross. A secret disciple. And so what you're going to see in verse 39 stands, it stood out to me when I began to read it. Because let's look at verse 39. Now, what does that next word say? Now, 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 Nicodemus. Now Nicodemus, watch this who had once come to Jesus, what does that word say? Privately at night. Accompanied Joseph, watch this, and together, watch this, and it's your name, and they, and they carried a, a significant amount of myrrh and aloes to the cross. Then they took Jesus' body and wrapped it in stripes of linen with, uh, with the embalming spices according to the Jewish burial customs. Are you guys seeing what, what I'm trying to get? Nicodemus, who was ashamed of Jesus, is the one that grabs him off the cross. I want you to think about that. The one who didn't even want to be beside Jesus in the middle of the day. The one, the one Nicodemus, the one who said, I don't want to be even seen with you, Jesus. He's the one who's getting him off the cross. Pastor Brock, where are you going with this? Let me break something down for you. Normally, watch this, the Jews would bury criminals in a common grave outside of the city gates. Watch this. But the body of Jesus got a different treatment. Watch this. Some commentators of the Bible believe that Pilate's willingness to give the body to Joseph and Nicodemus is a further indication, watch this, that Pilate believed Jesus was innocent. Watch this. Since he allowed Jesus not to be buried with the other criminals. Pastor Brock, what does that mean? Is this, is this, is that they knew something was different. They knew something was different. And so watch this. Taking the body 
of Jesus for for the burial was a public, watch this youth, I need you to get it. It was a public declaration of their allegiance to Jesus. Pastor Brock, what are you getting at? Nicodemus, the guy that we read in John 3, who is private, who didn't even want to be mentioned beside the name of Jesus. In that moment, when he grabbed the body of Jesus, he said, I don't care what the Pharisees think. I don't care what people think. This is my Lord and my Savior. And he grabbed Jesus' body, and he began to embalm him, right? And they began to do that. But we know three days later, Jesus rise again. See, the important part that we got to get right here is that they did not stay in hiding. But watch this. They finally showed their devotion to Jesus. Youth, this is what I want us to get this morning. You may, right now, in this moment, Gay, can we cut the lights off? You may, in this moment, may be like Nicodemus in John 3. You're only willing to meet Jesus at night. You're willing only to meet Jesus when none of your friends are around. You're willing only to meet Jesus when, when, when the lights are off, when nobody can see you lift your hands. You're only willing to meet Jesus because you're ashamed of what people would think. Oh, you're following Jesus. Oh, you're lifting your hands like one of them. No, 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 no. You're only willing to meet Jesus in the dark, in the night. But this is my challenge you to youth. This is what my challenge is to you, youth, this morning, is that if Nicodemus can look at Jesus at the middle of the night and then by verse 19 say, Jesus, I accept you. Jesus, I love you. You know what that tells me? You know what, youth, is that we are called to do the same thing. And yeah, I know my voice is cracking. I'm not going through puberty, though. <laughs> you can turn the lights back on, okay? <laughs> it's because I'm passionate. It's because I'm passionate, Lily. It's because I'm passionate, Isaac. I'm passionate because... A man who's dealt with things. A man who is ashamed of Jesus. The man who wouldn't even look Jesus in the eyes, Marley, in, in the middle of the day, who looked down on him because of the things that he was saying. He was the first one that helped get Jesus off the cross. Youth, this is my challenge to you this morning. It's time to get unashamed of Jesus. Pastor Brock, what are you talking about? The first enemy that we're dealing with is shame. It's the biggest thing that can grip us. Because you know what shame does? Shame says, you know what? Your friends are going to point and laugh at you because, because you're lifting your hands during worship. You know what shame says? Shame says, oh, because you're acting differently, people are going to think, think that you're this weirdo. You know, what, you know what shame says? You know what shame is a fear that says, you know what, when I accept Jesus, then you know what, the lifestyle that I had needs to be put to bed. And you know what? It's probably right. You know what, this morning, youth, that's what I want us to get, is that, you know what, shame is a lie. Fear is a lie. Because when we start accepting Jesus, Cheyenne, into our lives, you know what, he begins to expose the lies. He begins to expose the truth. And you know what, fear is a liar. Shame is a liar. It only wants you to tear you apart from what Jesus is trying to do in your life. Here's what I want everybody to do. I want everybody to stand up and come up to the front with me.